Law Focus Podcast. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Good evening, it's just gone 7pm and you're tuned to Dubai FM broadcasting live on 88.1. I'm Tap Mohapi and I'm with Millicent Ndiweni. Welcome to the Law Focus this evening. And Law Focus deals with issues relating to the law. All our legal matters that you would like to understand more about, it's our objective to basically inform you about those rights and trying to make sense of current issues regarding the law as well. Yeah, that's right. And we have a new feature where we profile someone within the legal fraternity. It's meant to recognize legal practitioners who are doing good work, uh, maybe in a big way, maybe in a small way, that's not so important, but they are making a difference in the legal field. Maybe you're studying towards a law degree, you're thinking about it. Maybe you know someone who's an attorney, an advocate, or works as a clerk in the court or something like that. And this feature will perhaps give you some insight into their lives and perhaps inspire you to think about what you want to do if you want to become join the legal fraternity <laughs> you might remember that in august we did speak to a young black female attorney by the name of bridget makanya and she shared with us her journey and we spoke about issues of transformation within the legal fraternity as a black woman how she has experienced um, it and what she would like to see uh, changing and improving and you might have missed that conversation you can check it out on our podcast um this journalism and you would type in the search Law Focus and that's where you can get uh, that and many of our other shows as well. Tonight, we will be speaking to He is a partner at Tepo Mohapi Attorneys and he's going to share with us his journey, how he ended up making it to being partner why he got into the law in the first place. He does specialize in labor law, family law, civil, commercial, as well as IP. And you might be particularly interested in endeavoring into that particular kind of field. And you might want to ask him questions on how he got to specialize. You can certainly do so. We do have uh, our WhatsApp voice note um, as well as messages, which uh, the line is working on 084-078-4912. Also, we are available on Twitter at FM using the hashtag LawFocus is where you can get a hold of us. Up next, though, will be our legal hotspots. My name is Melissa Tindu. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories week. of the week is Legal Hotspots. Yeah, and we're back to the NPA and the drama that that brings. I wish we had an NPA that just saw my function was in the in the in in in, in the news because it had made a conviction. But okay, what has happened now is that the former deputy of the National Prosecuting Authority, uh, Deputy Director Nomnobo Jiba, cannot be reinstated. She's the former deputy of National Prosecutions, uh, and she lost her application to be reinstated to a post. Remember, she was fired by the president in April this year after she was found unfit to hold office in an inquiry chaired by the retired Concord Justice Yvonne Mukhoro. Now, what's interesting about Jiba is that she's she's been implicated in an, in an all sorts of um, uh, accusations about, uh, um, uh, you know, interfering with politically sensitive cases. And she allegations basically point to her being a key figure in the state capture and specifically in the capture of the NPA. If you remember, over the last few years, there's been serious criticism of the NPA's inability to prosecute or unwillingness to prosecute high-profile cases, and she seems to be at the center of it. Anyway, she is not able to be reinstated. And in our second legal story this week, it's about the church leader pastor timothy omotosho and you might remember him he's the person who was charged with 97 charges all allegations from everything rape to human trafficking and he tried to say that the eastern cape high court does not have the jurisdiction to deal with all the matters that they had put against him and so he went to try and get that uh appeal um, to say that the court can't actually take tackle everything uh, that he was charged against because he, those things didn't happen within his jurisdiction. So it's got nothing to do with the courts. But unfortunately, so far, he has not 
been uh, successful in that regard. Right now, as it stands, the matter is going to go to the Constitutional Court, although the Supreme Court of Appeal has already said that there really is no prospect of success in this matter. But we'll see what the outcome will be. And I think after the yeah. 21st of November, we should start hearing 90, how it's going to 97 out. charges. It's wow. It reminds me of that character. What, what was his name? Muruti Watsoti? I mean, I don't want to pass judgment, but I just, that image just popped into my mind. You know, wow, 97 like, well, charges. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, but uh, let's move on now um, um, to taking a look at really and seeing what our, our, our guest has to say this evening. Let's join him now. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, of the, stories of the week. It's Legal Hotspots. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with FowlFam88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Welcome back. It has gone seven minutes after 7 p.m. And we are in studio. He is here in the flesh, Matlokonolo Kotadi. He is a partner at Tapamu Happy Attorneys. He is very serious, I have to say. Thank you for joining us on Law Focus this evening. I see you've got the attorney gear going on. Are you well? I'm well, uh, and, and yourself? We, we well, thank you. We well, thank you. We really appreciate you taking your time to come and speak to us and share with us your journey. I hope it will be inspirational to other people who are in thinking of getting into this field, yeah? Uh, first of all, greetings to all your listeners at VFM, and I hope that my shared inside of my journey can inspire, enlighten, or, you know, just give perspective of... Uh, the 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 years that I've been in the legal profession. Mm, mm. And where does your journey start from? Well, um, you know, I did my degree at the University of Pretoria. I did a become law degree, um, and the reason being is that I always, you know, when I was wanting to study law, I just didn't want to study law on its own. And you know, of tax offered a become law degree, which was, you know basically two degrees in five years and I also want an exposure in the com- commerce side of, of you know of uh, the commerce field um, so yeah so my journey started there I mean obviously in high school I don't remember ever wanting to study anything but um, uh, law, but law okay. mm. yes obviously when you're in high school it's more you've seen the movies the TV shows uh, how they dress and you know you get drawn to that find it cool yes but obviously when you you know the d- deeper research you know you do deeper research you understand how the ju- how important um the ju- ju- judiciary system is regardless of whether you are advocate attorney in-house counsel you know it's in mm-hmm. legal profession is held in high esteem and it's important high uh, esteem <laughs> Sorry, high esteem. It's like you, you know, some there's an inside joke. <laughs> what, what is it? High esteem is not good enough. No, no it's too no, much it's of a high standard. Obviously, every, every profession I think has its its, has its flaws. It, yeah. <laughs> but yes, you know, that's where my journey started. Okay. Know. And it's interesting that you, you linked it up with your BCom degree. Do you think you necessarily have to be good at accounting and those kind of things to, to mix it up? And do you think it's a good idea to actually not just go for an LLB straight, but to have something else to go with it? To be honest, I mean, if, if you're going to study, you know, the nice thing about the law is that it's it's so broad. Um, you know, the field of law you know you can go into taxation law there's so there are i mean field there are certain areas of the law where you if you want to venture into them you have to have a good um sense of a good strong numbers uh um intellect so the become law if you're going honestly the pure practicing legal route it helps but i mean you are as qualified as someone who started become law to practice mm-hmm. law it does help, obviously, on your CV, and because I mean, it is it is an extra degree, but depending on why and how you use it, um, like I just mentioned, if you're just gonna purely practice, it I mean, it's it's good, but it it someone who has just an LLB has is not disadvantaged in practice. Okay. Hmm. Now you you mentioned that you know the various professions you can actually go into after you studied your law degree you know whether as a lawyer you can then become an attorney an advocate or whatever it is you want to be at what stage did you know did you ever question whether you're going to become an advocate or an attorney in how to counsel did you you know at what stage did you make that decision i think w- while i was studying out I, I always wanted to be admitted as an attorney um so my my plan was always 
I'll get admitted and then I'll see post-admission what I do, you know, because I just didn't want to have um, the LLB because you do get students who get the LLBs and, you know, go straight to in-house legal counsel. Mm. But I wanted to be admitted. I'd never really, to be honest, uh, played around or thought about the advocate route. Um, so being admitted is always something that in varsity I knew that I'll go do my articles, get admitted, post that, we'll see where the chips lie. Mm. But admission was important for me. Mm. Now, Abdul, I mean, it's a long, it's a long career. Hey? It can meander, it can change. It exactly, can exactly. And it gives you options as, as you know, being an, admit, an admitted attorney, uh, I, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in practice right now. If I decide not to practice anymore, going back into practice, I mean, I'm in a, you know, I can just go back to the practicing role, but I've, at least I've, I have that um, with me. And how long have you been in the field for? Um, okay, let me think. <laughs> I, two years, so, okay, so what I did is that post-varsity, I didn't go straight into my articles. I did one year of compliance in-house. Um, what motivated that, if I may ask? To be, okay, I'll be honest. To be honest, I hadn't applied uh, for articles, for articles on time. Mm. And, you and, know... You know, I just want to get back to articles quickly. How hard... Mm. Is it to find articles? Um, I mean, is it really as difficult as people say it is? And where you come from um, in terms of varsity, does that have an influence as well in your opinion? Yeah, I think, listen, I think if you look at maybe 10, 15 years ago, I think most people who graduated, you know, there was, getting articles wasn't as difficult. But definitely... Students right now, I think in my era when I was leaving university, um, you, you, you had students who couldn't find articles. Um, I mean, for example, in, in our firm, you know, we sent out a notice because we needed a, a clerk. And I mean, we didn't go on a Indeed platform or PNET to advertise. We literally went on Gumtree, a top message. I remember it was a Friday to say, listen, we, we, we require the services of a candidate attorney, blah, blah, blah. On the Monday, I had over 200 emails. Wow. So, I mean, that says a lot, especially from a gum tree. I mean, gum tree is not really a sort of high up when it comes to mm -hmm. recruiting and, 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 and people, job advertising and people responding. But that goes to show that there's definitely a lot of students who, who can't get articles. I mean, and that's the reality that students now are facing is you need to think beyond articles, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be stuck in this mindset of, um, I, I mean, not to say that you can't be admitted as an attorney, but the current terrain of uh, the legal profession um, has put a, a good strain on, on students who want to become attorneys because they can't get articles. And unfortunately, the only way to be admitted is to do articles. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and when you guys also now had to, obviously, there's someone who has applied 200 applications in front of you and you are now the person who has to make a decision on who you select how do you then go with who's the best candidate uh, you know I, I'm a firm believer of especially in the legal profession you can be stunning on paper I mean obviously I mean the marks it, it also you can't have subpar marks I mean I've I know um, in fact the former partner of ours who his varsity marks weren't that great but he's, he's a brilliant attorney uh, unfortunately, what gets you in the in, in the door with any firm, what they look at is the transcripts. Mm -hmm. So marks are important in in depending on where you want to serve your articles, but they don't necessarily make you a good attorney. So back to your question, it was tough. I mean, there's there's a lot that we you know a lot of um, CVs to go through. Um, like I said, it it the CV doesn't tell you what type of person you'll be eventually um, selecting even with interviews I mean interviews are you don't really see I mean it's just basically a test you know you, you on your best behavior you want to answer the questions as adequately as possible so that you can be you can be appointed and then uh, you can get appointed and, do, and be a disappointment mm. so it's really I think it's especially because we're such a small law firm we don't have we don't have an HR department that was dealing with the surfing through the CVs we had to do that ourselves mm. and it just went down to 
basically narrowing it down to someone who had who a CV that spoke to us, mm. you know, because there's so many. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a difficult process in, in picking one. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's case by case dep- uh, dependent on uh, each law firm and yeah. whoever it is who's looking at the CVs, you know. Because you get law firms, you do tests. They'll make you do, it's not just one interview, you go for your first interview, then there's psychometric tests, mm. then there's uh, after interviews. So they go beyond just on your CV because it's important for that person to fit into the culture of the firm. Mm. Um, so, I mean, also the also the they, for students who may not have, you know, such great marks on leaving university, they mustn't feel as though they can't be great attorneys, mm. because it literally practices. When you're going to practice, it's a whole different field mm. uh, as opposed to your studies. And not to say don't you know obviously strive to get high marks and be, you know do do well in your studies. Definitely. And I liked how you also pointed to corporate culture. You need to obviously be a fit for for the firm. Um, what's your take on that about someone feeling that I I feel this environment is toxic. I feel I I can't gel in well. I'm not sure if the problem is maybe law or if the problem is me and the people. What's your take on that, and how has your experience been? If you've ever felt like that at any point uh, since practicing, well, I've had colleagues in in in, um, in your big firms who, based on the environment, post articles didn't want to do, didn't want to practice anymore. So, I mean, I think that's more of a subjective and personal, um, a thing as to the pressures or the environment, you know, whether it's going to make you stronger in a sense to realize because i'll tell you practice is not mickey mouse you know and in a high pressure environment they aren't looking to spoon feed you um they pay the big bucks for a reason and you must you know apply yourself um so i mean in my experience the environment that i had during articles i mean i had moments where it did feel as though okay this is i can feel the heat but it didn't deter me from not wanting mm. to continue in this profession or, or rather practice. Mm. So I think it's 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 person to person dependent. There's some who found the environment of articles just unbearable. You know, they just couldn't wait to finish. And it basically deterred them from actually practicing post articles. Mm. So it's really up to you know the person and, and, and like I said it's it's when when companies recruit or law firms recruit especially your big firms like the culture thing is so big um, by selecting someone who's going to fit into the culture yeah. because of that because if if, if you on someone who uh, also adapt of that adapting to the culture is also important because mm-hmm. someone may seems may seem as though they can fit in but end up struggling and if yeah. you can't adapt it's it's going to be like for you, basically. yeah now sure. i know that you and most of not most all of your partners have articled at, at larger firms, um, and the majority of firms in, in South Africa are actually small firms. Mm. Do you think that that gives one an advantage when practicing later on? Because people are always saying, "Oh, I want to go to a big law firm. I want to article at a big law firm or a medium-sized law firm." Uh, you've had the benefit of that, uh, and you've now moved into your own practice. Was being at a law firm like that for you and, and for your partners, was that beneficial? Or do you think it didn't make such a big difference in your determination to practice for your own account? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, uh, I speak from my own experience. Um, there was benefits in, in doing articles at a medium to large law firm uh, because of the exposure. And, you know, there's this notion that there are some big law firms where people article and they're not really getting the experience. You know, they become more glorified, errant um, CAs. But, you know, with that being said, I, I do think that even uh, CAs in the big law firms, when they leave, you know, that name behind on your CV says a lot. Um, it really opens doors. Mm. It's it's like certain universities where, you know, once you start applying for articles, 
there are some law firms that look at where you studied you know that's that's one of the things that um, th- that is high on their consideration list mm. um, so working for a medium-sized to big law firm uh, had the benefits of exposure um, you know for me personally I, I I wasn't I didn't feel as though I was like an errant CA you know I, I was put into the trenches um, got exposed and when I left you know not to practice on own account with my partner you know there's certain values that I learned there that I'm applying right now Mm. because it sort of the teachings of being professional you know and and still because when you work you know practicing on your own there's no more boss above you you know when when you have to handle everything yourself Mm. so it needs you to it's intellectually challenging yes but it requires you to now apply your mind, be professional, because the buck stops with us. Yeah. Sure. Well, we are in conversation with Matlokonolo Khutadi, and he is a practicing attorney. He is currently a partner at Sepo Mohapi Attorneys, and he's sharing with us his journey of becoming a legal practitioner, the experiences he's had, and hopefully you will be motivated and inspired by his journey if this is a field that you are interested in getting into. That's right. We hope that you are listening and that if there are any questions that you've got, you can pose them. Remember to follow us at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. Uh, it's now 22, 23 minutes past 7. And we're still speaking to Matlokonolo Khutadi on his journey through the legal profession. So, Shlokhi, uh, tell us, do you think when you look at the profession and you see how many disappointments there are um, and there really are a lot of disappointments mm. when you walk into the profession and it's not quite what you think it is what would you advise um, a young student to maybe be realistic about not idealistic about in terms of you know pay work time are we going to see a suit situation when you get <laughs> <laughs> that's that's i think you know it's it's TV, um, uh, especially the current, I'll say, your series on on the law profession, I mean, uh, especially, I mean, what's on our screens is the American system, which does dangle a carrot of, wow, this is, you know, the spectacle, the drama. Um, but in reality, it's really, it's, it's not to say that one can't make a journey, uh, a great experience of the legal profession, but reality is that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, there are less medium-sized to small law firms than there are large law firms. And the pay, you know, listen, you can flourish as, as an attorney, but the reality is that there are also a lot of attorneys who, who are struggling. You know, I think people, when they think that, you use the lawyer. term, I'm a lawyer, everyone money. always expects that, you know, oh my gosh, this person has is, is got money. You know, I think, as I... I, I I, in my view, believe that the legal profession is becoming saturated. Um, hence, I mean, the whole students not being able to get articles. Mm-hmm. Companies aren't hiring as much because they're trying to cut down costs. And um, yeah, and the reality is that it's 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 hard work. You know, as you mentioned, Sapo, the our profession has been. You know, people have a certain. Pers- uh, uh, they perceive lawyers as hungry, as greedy. Um, they're just out there to get your money. So when you walk in, you basically have to go and try, as a legal practitioner, change people's mindsets. Mm-hmm. That not all attorneys are like that. Because there are some attorneys out there who are there just to, um, you know, t- take some food out your mouth. Uh, but I think as a, as, as a someone who's new into the legal profession, you have to be realistic that it's it's uh, uh, i always say the legal profession is like banks it takes long for you to build up a good rapport with your clients um you know the fact that the new bank opens up not everyone's gonna run from bank one to bank two you, you need to build a trust mm. um and yes you can be these people are super successful in this profession but at the same time there are a lot of attorneys who who are struggling mm. and are there a lot of law firms that you might know of 
that have closed down, especially the small ones that are starting yes, up. Yes, of course. Every yeah. I think listen, every I'll probably say maybe every 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 six months, a law firm is closing down. And you must that's attributed to work. It's it's I mean it's all good opening up shop. Remember, we're providing a service. Mm. It's not a product that we put on the shelves mm. and that you go try and 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 if it's if it's not people aren't buying it here, go sell it in Cape Town. You know, people come to your office where you're based, wherever you're based, and you're providing a service. And the reality is that there's a law firm down the road who's doing what you're doing, another one down the road who's doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah. What makes you so special? Mm. So it's that. It's it's the reality of uh, not only that, but that people also aren't really spending a lot of money on on legal fees. You know, uh, even big corporations. Will yeah, if, even even big. Co- you know, they they. You know, we recently. We, um, went to a, a talk where even your big um, corporates are trying to cut down on legal expenses in their in their budgets because it's they can't afford it anymore. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, let, let me just chip in there and say perhaps of all the professions, uh, um, uh, uh, being an attorney or a, le- a legal practitioner is a very very long game. It pays off properly. Mm. Well, after ten, fifteen years mm. of practice, so if you think you you can make money in the interim, of course you can. You can live quite well, but to really make good money, it's post ten years of it. Maybe Agreed. That you're going to make proper money. Yeah, no. So, I mean, is there anything that stands out for you in the last few years where you say a type of case or a type of matter where you say, but this is why I am here. It just reminds you of why you decided I'm going to be returned. Like those triumphs, those little ones. For me, it's getting maintenance for a kid. I love Aww. that. But what is it for you? You know, I think, if, you know, it's... it's. Uh, I take every case as a, as a challenge um, because, you know, in our profession, we deal with people. We, we're not dealing with... We're dealing with people's livelihoods, yeah. You know, someone comes with you with a legal problem but that legal problem is a personal problem so we are like doctors of you know you get doctors obviously who are when you are sick and they provide assistance in terms of your health we are problem solvers you know I mean uh, I put us in psychologists psychiatrists but with us they leave the problem with us and they go home and we have to now assist them you know and they they sleep Knowing that okay, you know, he's got my case, and you know everything is is okay, and then I stay with the stress of assisting this client mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. But back to your question, Seps, I think for me, every I don't I don't necessarily think there's one that stands out. Every time I I I get to assist a client, for me, it's fulfilling mm-hmm. because that's what clients come to us for. Mm-hmm. You know, you do get some clients who think we are magicians which you know becomes difficult because you can advise client that you know your matter is a bit it's a tough one and they you know clients always want you to pull a rabbit out the hat uh, and there's been moments and cases like that but I think for me every time I, I I'm, uh, I'm able to assist a client because each client is as important as there's no one client that's more important than the other yeah um, because you know even though they've got different cases mm. because it the legal problems are always personal you know, it it it's it's not it's it's something that you're personally dealing with, and you want this thing resolved. So, I think assisting clients and um, ensuring that you know how assist them in overcoming the legal challenges they have is is a fulfillment for me. Mm. And 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 what are those things that you have found extremely extremely challenging? Uh, within the legal fraternity or, and maybe even frustrating and even now you're still here and you feel I wish this could just change I want to change this it's so frustrating I can't deal with it what what are those experiences for you um I think you know with being a small law firm um, I think small law firms face a lot of challenges um, in that you know when it comes to for instance, bidding for work, let's say government tender, or even trying to be on a panel for corporates, you you know the we tend to be at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the picking to the pickings, um, and I mean that's not to say that you know we shouldn't find solutions ourselves, but it would be great if 
you know, um, I mean, you do get panels where they'll they'll average it out. They'll get your big law firms and then ensure that law smaller law firms are on the panel. Um, but also getting the work, the exposure of the work, you'll find that the big law firms are getting the biggest slices of the pie. But um, yeah, I think that man, I think law, law, small law firms to be, I mean, that's why you get a lot of them closing. Um, is that I think the help, and I mean, I can't tell you where the help must come from. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it, you know, the support because it's. I think when you study LB degree and you go to practice, one, one has to be. You know, universities should prepare students to actually go out and run their own businesses. True. Um, you know, people are always, you know, the current rate of unemployment in this country is very high, and, and entrepreneurs are the ones that are actually assisting because you can, you can employ people. Mm. But I mean, the current terrain is is it's tough. Mm. You know, even employing one person it becomes uh, a problem. Mm. So, I, I mean, I can't give you a solution, but I would definitely like to see. Small, smaller law firms being supported, um, and I think also, you know, not to be touchy, but I think the law is still very much um, a white profession. Actually, you're going exactly where I wanted to ask transformation. you. Yeah, um, because I, I, I want to ask you about that. Actually, mm. a few years ago, there was a report, I think, in the Derabus, which put uh, you know white law legal practitioners above sixty percent, mm. uh, which would make an over-representation of about 12 times the national average. Mm. Um, and, you know, people might say that's not really a problem, you know, people can do what they want. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a seg- self-regulating profession, people can enter it as they want. What do you think about those figures and how has it affected you as a professional person? Yeah, I think, listen, I mean, transformation in the legal field um, for me, has been slower than what it has, you know, what I would l- like it to be. So you're very polite, I think. Um, <laughs> you're very polite. Slower it's, than what it's, I'd like it to be. I think it's slower than that. I mean, I can just give an example. You look at yeah. when people apply for articles. Mm. Um, one of, uh, and as we mentioned earlier, that the biggest pool of articles are your more smaller to medium law firms. Mm. Um, and one of the requirements there is to have a car. Yeah. And the reality is that a lot of black students who Don't buy their first car. cars aren't given. I'm not to say that that person who has a car should be, you know, we should, I, I'm not ostracizing them, but mm. the rea- reality is that already you get excluded because, you know, you need a car for to, to be employed there, so mm. you've, you've basically counted yourself out. Mm. Mm. I mean, those are the little things that one might say, ah, but, but that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, similarly with 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 advocacy as well. Hey, yeah, yes, so the problem, you exactly with, with people is. I mean, you you're not getting paid. I mean, yeah. I know that you do can apply for a stipend, mm. but reality is that for one year. And I mean, uh, reality is that there are a lot of um, black students who are working to go help back home. Yeah, and now you finish your law degree, and you have to be supported for another year, but mm. you're working. Mm. You know, so. Um, Yes, transformation for me has has been slow coming, um, and I mean personally, where I articled, you know, it the ratio of the partners uh, in terms of people of color mm. with such a large pool was was a little. A little. You you, yeah. you you ask yourself, your you lucky mind was zero. You know, you you look and you and you see and you ask, okay. We, the the numbers when if I'm trying to you know work towards climbing the ladder, mm. what are the chances of me being partner? Because mm. it's literally two out of twenty six. Sure. You know, so that's the reality we face. Um, but I also like how you know there's the new group of of advocates, yeah, um, who've you know, taken upon themselves. Babasa. Yes, to, to yeah. nurture young, upcoming black advocates. Yeah. Mm. So I think it is our time we create, we also start creating our own opportunities sure. and stop waiting and, and asking <laughs> to be to be put, to, to have a seat on the table. Right. And if you had to make, give suggestions to the stakeholders about suggestions, recommendations on how transformation might be encouraged or facilitated what what are your 
particular recommendations if you do have any that you would lay on the table sure i mean i think there's so much <laughs> um that needs to be dealt with um you know because I, I mean at, at at this point i still feel that the uh, just a prime example you know you get at friends in, in your big law firms and the type of work exposure between the um the white colleagues was different mm. you know um listen that the, the the whole transformation issue is more organizational because mm. you know each each law firm will have its own policies and its own politics um so i think it's it's that one is a is a very I don't think you can have the legal practitioner. The, the, the what's it called now? Legal practice. Legal practitioners council. There yeah. we go. Sorry, I I, I articled under the uh, law society of the northern province. Yes. Um, even if they, I think, pin down rules and regulations. I mean, at the end of the day, if I run a law firm, I'm going to dictate how this mm-hmm. is going to be run and the work who I give work to. So, I mean, I think. In terms of recommendations, currently I I can't pinpoint what needs to be done, but there's a lot that needs to be done. Mm. So, so, you know, before we move away from that topic, I know it's 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 a controversial one when I say this, but I think it needs saying when we talk about transformation, don't we also perhaps need to talk about where black people put their money? Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, white people not sharing and so on. And That's so, true. You know, white law firms not being uh, accommodating. But then you do have black law firms, good black law firms, good black practitioners, good black advocates who simply get overlooked by black clients. How much of that do okay. you experience? Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a famously, said Jacob Zuma runs to white, and his sons, run to white law firms when they have money, when the money dries up. They come back and oh my brother how <coughs> real is that on the street that is very real you it's raise crazy. a very valid point mm. uh, it's because here's the reality uh, black people are the majority we we are is what i think uh, 38 plus minus blacks in this country we're yeah, the majority 80 odd percent yeah 80 yeah, percent and you know when it comes to the legal profession as you said, there are a lot of great um, advocates and attorneys who are overlooked. I mean, in, in my experience um, at the law firm, we've had black clients come in and as soon as they, you know, you'll have a conversation with them on the phone. As soon as they arrive and they see that you're black, oh, then it's like, sorry, I... And they'll tell you straight up, listen, I want a white attorney. What? You, you know, you, 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 you're there flabbergasted yeah. saying, but how? And I mean, mm-hmm. that's... I won't engage with them. I mean, that's you choose where you want your money to go to. But that is a, that the, the consumer transformation. Yeah. Um, not just in the legal profession, but I think in in any for any black service provider, uh, that you know, consumers as black people, we need to start trusting our own. Right. You know, um, because, like you said, if we were very trusting, or if consumers had faith in black professionals. Mm. A lot of change can happen, especially a lot of businesses that we see closing down could be up today. Right. Mm. So not just law firms. No, not just law firms. So it's it's that's the reality we face is that um, there's this distrust or that you won't be able to. Or, or competence is a white skin. Exactly. Is, yeah. That you know, and, that, and that's the, that's otherwise. that's that's the reality of it is that people in 2019, I mean, educated people. We still prefer going to a white law firm than a black law firm. Sure, mm. we 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 are really damaged so psychologically. So that that does, hundred percent agree, contribute. Um, but I, if, if we could get that right, we wouldn't need. We wouldn't even discuss white monopoly. No, no. If black people simply spend money on black business, True. black professionals, we wouldn't even have to worry about having to share anything with anybody. But let's not get too bogged down on the negatives and our and our people <laughs> and how we have been perhaps, you know, conditioned to think. It's 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 just gone twenty to eight. We're having a really perhaps deep conversation, but one that needs to be had uh about the legal profession. It's 
let's sort of take away the suits idea uh, give you some perspective as to what really happens in a law firm and how uh, it affects us as people as black people as women as south africans yeah um every day uh, remember on twitter we're at vow fm using the hashtag law focus uh we're still with Maslokonola, who is our guest today a practicing attorney law focus point point of information Welcome back to Law Focus. You are with Tepo Mohapi and Melissa Tindiweni. And we are speaking to Matloho Nolo Khutadi, who is an attorney. And uh, he is a partner at Tepo Mohapi Attorneys. And he's sharing with us his journey in the legal fraternity. We've been talking a lot about some of the experiences, including issues of transformation. Perhaps if you're listening, you might be very depressed right now thinking. <laughs> well, you should be thinking. You shouldn't be depressed. Think a little bit. Think a little bit about the law. Think a little bit about the profession and think about how you spend your money. And a lot of them just seem to be very serious. Hey, Tepo? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't understand why. It is a serious profession. It is a profession where people arrive and they arrive. So does your personality also have to be serious? I mean, no one comes to a law law to a lawyer and says, "Hey, how are you, my friend? I've got great news." No, that doesn't happen. And if I did do that, you'd probably look at me like. So perhaps we should have you observed for seventy-two hours. Oh my goodness! Can I tell you, (laughs) the lawyers whom I've met. They tend to be extremely rigid, extremely serious, almost seer. Ah, uh, no, you must have met them in a professional <laughs> city. <laughs> Lawyers Un- are some of the most interesting Unfortunately, people. unfortunately, tell you I the guess. the best stories. Unfortunately. So, um, Matokonolo, earlier on, you spoke about how you come from a medium to big law firm. And um, I asked you about how you at your law firm would select someone who has applied and you spoke of values you didn't go into it in detail what those values are of someone who's interested in studying the law we've got a lot of people who are still and even on law focus you've got people who are still studying towards the llb who will be looking Mm -hmm. for articles soon and when you are rejected no one tells you why you're rejected hey no one you no. never know so what are those values that you would say are so integral to this profession that we need to nurture i think there's a difference between being rejected based on a cv and cv only because you can't tell somebody's values per se of a cv um but i mean in a legal profession one has to have integrity um the legal profession has taken a lot of bashing uh and rightly so because of legal pro- uh, people in the legal profession who've disrespected and um, unfortunately their actions that put, has put the legal profession in a bad light mm. so you know, I think integrity is key um, I think as well that I think because the law is so the legal field is so broad you know if one wants to practice you need to have good people skills because you're interacting with people you know you need to be able to uh, sit and, and interact with people and um, which is which is key you know your people skills must be great you get some people who just want to be legal researchers. Mm-hmm. You know, for them, academia is you're not really you know uh, interacting, uh, consulting clients. It's it's more research based. Uh, but I think what's key in, in all of those is that you are in a profession that you owe it to hold in high esteem. Uh, you you owe it to the profession to, um, to because when you're out there, you are representative of the legal profession. If a client deals with me and I, you know, um, just I'm not prepared, I'm just lazy, mm. then it's got a stain on the next attorney or next advocate or mm. the next person in the legal profession. Mm. So in terms of values, I think integrity, one has to be in a hard work as well. Um, it's it's not a, a Mickey Mouse field, legal profession. You must be able to work hard, graft, be willing to learn think on your feet mm. um it's what you study in the university gives you a base you know it, it gives you a way of thinking but then you have to apply that in practice mm. or in whichever field they are whether it's an advocate as a legal counsel because you know for an ordinary person when you tell them you're an attorney automatically they have this perception that you know everything about the law True. You know, obviously, mm. which isn't the case mm. because I mean, you know, depending on what type of law, but yeah. there is they they look at you in in a, in a in a different way that you are learned. 
you know, in terms of legal issues, we can engage with you and you'll yeah. you'll you'll shed some light on on certain things. Mm. And what are the joys of being in this profession for you? Helping people. I think I mean the joys of of because, like I said, it's a very intellectual, challenging field. Yeah. You know, um, but the joy of someone coming in with a matter and you have to now, and no matter is the same, you know, uh, and being able to apply yourself and uh, being able to assist. And the, the nice thing about the legal profession is that people always look at the, think that everything is one in court. You know, there's a lot of things prior before that. And, you know, where a sharp attorney will know, and we spoke earlier about um, the access to the legal profession. People don't have money, mm-hmm. you know. So if you can save your client, if you can assist your client without running to the courts, it's a plus. Yeah, you know. So I think it's 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 those qualities that, um, for me, the fulfillment of assisting someone, um, and and for them walk, walk, walking away, um, having um, this burden taken off their shoulders, and I think also the fulfillment for me is to, is to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you must be, have the ability to learn, absorb. You'll take hits as well. It's just part of the profession. Uh, but it's it's when you're working with people. It's you get. I love. I'm a people's person. You know, you 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 get to interact. You get to to solve. You get to really. Um, apply your mind with with every every case that you handle. So mm. for me, that's the fulfillment is really uh, assisting my clients mm. and also my growth as well. Yeah. Tell me, you said earlier that you had decided fairly young that you wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. Um, what was the trigger behind you deciding on that as opposed to maybe accounting or being a um, um, I don't know, an architect or a mechanic, whatever, whatever other professions are out there. What made you think? Well, law is my thing at that young age. A lot of people arrive at varsity and they go, "Ini, mini, mini, law." Um. So I think with me, my my dad's uncle was uh, an advocate. Mm. In fact, I'm named after him. So I think from a young age, I was just intrigued. Um, and you know he used to tell stories, and I mean he was um, one of, in fact, the founders of the BLA, okay. the Black Lawyers. Isn't there a building named after him? Yes, <laughs> there is. There is Chambers, um, I believe. Eh? Yes, Peter yeah. Chambers. Yeah. So I think because uh, from a young age, I was, you know, when you get drawn to something where other uh, other professions were never an option because from an early age, mm. you know, you'd sit down and you know. Um, relay stories of being an advocate and you know like I said the whole role being uh, that sparked the interest um, obviously the movies um, which like I said highlighting I just draw for dramatic effect especially the Americans where you're walking up and down <laughs> in a courtroom while you argue but yeah I think that's for me that sparked the interest and I just never really sort of had other options on the table to say you know what how about accounting how about so it's been man i want to be i want to be a lawyer and yes i think it from young age so the title of like i want to be a lawyer mm. Mm. you know until you actually start studying introducing your, yourself as attorney of the high court of the <laughs> republic of south you know, africa so that's that's uh, i mean that's 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 really wonderful do you think that it's still worth it is there a future for the legal profession so much of the work nowadays is automated so much of the work nowadays is being uh, no longer uh, exclusive work. So if you look back 20, 30 years ago, a lot of work was exclusive to yeah, attorneys. Technology has taken over. But now there's a lot of technology that has taken over that work. A lot of other professionals are able to do work that you as an attorney once paid for. was once restricted to only you. Mm. Is it still worth it? Is there still a future? Yeah, I think there's still a future for... Um, those who want to aspire to be an attorney, but also understand the environment. I think one needs to, uh, you know, like you rightly mentioned, there are certain um, certain work that's been automated. You know, with the fourth industrial revolution coming in, that's, you know, I mean, uh, I went to a conference about two, three months ago where there was a lady who runs a, a consulting, legal consulting 
business where she there's no need for you to go and consult um you know face to face she has you know a a um whatsapp you know there's so many yeah. features uh, and i think for a young someone who wants to be in this profession you have to think outside the box now you you know i think specializing is going to become important uh to become a jack of all trades is good because you know it it, it you you're going to need to now focus on certain areas as opposed to be a jack to be a jack of all trades but I think the human intellect, you know, the, in as much as things are being automated, the human mind is still required in this legal profession. Mm. So I think, um, yes, there will be change because technology changes any profession. But the human interaction part, I think, will always remain. So I think there's still definitely a, uh, a role for legal professions uh, well beyond the future. Wow, thank you so much. And he has just told you why it is important for you to go and study law and for you not to change your mind and decide that you're going to become, I don't know, a politician. Ah, but law and politics, Shim. <laughs> hey, they're like a hand in a glove. Hey, they go together. <laughs> they, do. they really go well together. But you shouldn't use your, uh, your, your legal knowledge to... To play vur vur with the hearts and minds of the of of the electorate. Though. Please, yeah, please, 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 guys, stop. Please. We need, we need, we need ethics here and integrity. Yes, we we were joined today by Matoho Nolokutadi, and he basically shared his experience with us. Thank you so much for joining us on Law Focus. We really appreciate your time, and we 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 would like to extend our gratitude to you for being here this evening. I hope after listening to, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. no, I just say th- thanks for having me, guys, and I hope that the little insight I gave can inspire or, or intrigue someone to, you know, um, tap into the legal profession. Those who are studying law, listen, it's it's a great profession. If you look after it, it'll look after you. Mm. I hope that you, as the listener. Uh, you've got a better understanding of what it is to be an attorney, perhaps some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the challenges, and you'll be able to look at it perhaps a little bit differently. And when you see that attorney in court representing uh, the guy that you hate with all of your heart, perhaps you'll have a little bit of thought and think back to what Masokonolo told you um, about the profession and how it operates and the people that are in those robes. I hope you enjoyed the show. And for this show, as well as other previous shows, if you'd like to listen to them again, go to http colon vitsjournalism.co.za law. So that's where you find our... Hey, <laughs> it's I a lot. Vitsjournalism. I have not heard a website <laughs> reported uh, said like that in a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I just did this myself. Hey, now I'm going to be teased. <laughs> now I'm going to be teased. Hey, Vitsjournalism. Yeah, hey, you took that's, us back. That's now. where you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you can find our, our podcast, Law Focus. Up next is the voice of hip-hop. And I think I saw the DLXL and he will be taking rain up the show. From our producer, Simba Honde, our technical producer, Kutlano Sirame, our Law Focus researcher, Sisetu Zingelwa, Thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Good night. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus podcast is also available on iTunes. Search Law Focus.